Every one of Jesus' miracles had a purpose. And when Jesus came walking on the water in a deadly storm to his disciples at 3 o'clock in the morning, he had a purpose. In the words of Dr. Williams, Jesus was letting his disciples and all believers know that there isn't any place you can go where I can't get to you. The disciples from their storm-tossed ship in the middle of the sea at 3 o'clock in the morning, and they've been out there for at least six hours, probably more. Six hours. These are seasoned fishermen, and they are right there in the place where they've gotten all their experience. And yet they're in a desperate position. And they look out from their storm-tossed boat, and they see someone coming towards them. And they scream because they think it's a ghost, and then they hear a voice call out to them, and I think by this time he was probably pretty close to the ship. He says, be not afraid, it is I. And as Jesus is pretty close to the ship, Peter says to him, Lord, if it's you, let me come out to you. Invite me to come out there to you. Jesus told Peter to come on ahead. So Peter climbs out of the ship and he steps onto the water. Peter's the only man who's ever lived who wasn't God who walked on the water. Can you imagine the euphoria, the elation that Peter felt standing on top of the stormy waters? That had to be quite a, quite a feeling. He takes a few steps to go to Jesus. And suddenly, there he is. He's on the water. He's focused on Jesus. He takes a couple of steps towards him. I'm sure he's got to be like a little kid who's taking his first few steps. He's got a look of excitement on his face. I I can't believe I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, here comes a wall of water, six, seven feet high. Now, no, it's not the ocean. It's not a massive But still, a wave that's taller than you are, your reflex is going to be to look at it. And Peter looks at the wave, and when he does, he takes his eyes off of the one who told him to come out there. As he takes his eyes off of Jesus and looks at the wave, he begins to sink. And instantly he cries out, Lord, save me! Make sure That when your faith isn't strong enough to keep you walking on top of the storm, make sure it's at least strong enough to keep you calling on the Lord. No, he didn't have enough faith to keep his eyes on Jesus. He still had to learn that. And this was part of the learning process, but he at least had enough faith that as he sank to say, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand. He grabs Peter. Here's what I want you to see. I see Jesus with his arm on Peter's shoulder and they're about to climb back into the ship and understand the wind is blowing it's loud there's water all over the place so this is not a whisper but it's also I don't think it's a it's a yell where everybody can hear it I think it's just a 
If you've ever been in a storm trying to, you know, rescue a car that's broke down the side of the road or something, you know how that conversation as the, as the, wa- the rain is coming down and the wind is blowing, you know how you're just sort of talking to each other, say, hey, uh, you go back there and, you know, grab that spare tire and I'll come around like that. And I think that's sort of how it's going there as they're about to climb into the ship. Jesus says to Peter, Thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, this is a rebuke. There's basically two reasons why you rebuke somebody. One is because you're so angry that you have to get something off your chest. I can't believe you locked your keys in the car. You know, that, that's not helpful. That's just you getting something off your chest. I think we all agree that Jesus didn't ever have to give anything off of his chest. In fact... I can tell you emphatically, he didn't. I just had to speak my mind. Not Jesus. He never did have to speak his mind. That's a selfish thing. So what's the other reason that we give somebody instruction? To help them. So when Jesus says, oh, man of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? He's giving Peter something to think about, and here it is. It's massive. Peter, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I think Jesus knew that those words would be ringing in Peter's ears for many hours, many days. And by the way, that's how you grow. You grow. It may be just a piece of human instruction. That some and don't ever, you know, the Proverbs, Proverbs is very emphatic that the wise man receives instruction. We don't like it because it hurts our pride, but when someone in a, in, in a position of leadership or authority or, or somebody in a position of influence in your life gives you instruction, don't get your feelings hurt, don't get offended, soak it in. And by the way, if it is painful because it embarrassed you or because you just, it, you just I, I can't believe I had to be called down after all this time and, and this and whatever, let the pain teach you. Be instructed. One of our great handicaps in this day is that nobody, nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings and so we want to be so soft and kind and unoffensive and as a result we don't learn anything so peter hears jesus say why did you doubt why did you doubt my prayer that as we leave in just a few minutes that we take with us that question why do you doubt why do you doubt that God is going to see you through if you're living in covenant with him? Now, if you, if you are ignoring God's will, dismissing God's will, doing your own thing, I would be worried if I was you. Because you have no guarantee of, of God's protection, depending on where you are. But you don't have that ultimate assurance that he's going to bring you through 
But when you are striving to live in God's will, you're not perfect, you make mistakes, you fail, you have plenty of days where you don't give God the focus that you should. But you're where you're supposed to be. Don't forget, Peter and these disciples, they may possibly have been out on the water as fishermen at this, on this very night if they weren't disciples. They might have been out there, maybe not. But they are there at this moment because they're doing the will of God. They are there at this moment because Jesus had sent them onto this storm and this test was all a part of God's plan. They are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee at 3 o'clock in the morning. They had been there most of the night or all of the night because they were in the will of God. And Peter's walking on the water because Jesus had said, Come. And Peter, nevertheless, has a moment of doubt where he takes his eyes off of Jesus and his reflex. And my reflex would have been the same, and so would yours. His reflex was, <gasps> and Peter, Jesus says, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Now, here's the message. Don't miss this. You will not find a place in the Gospels where Jesus said to someone, why did you believe? Jairus, what made you think I'd raise your, I could raise your daughter? What made you think I could open? Uh, um, Bartimaeus, what made you think that I could open your blind eyes? What, what are you thinking that I, could, that I would do that? You, you ten lepers, what made you think that I could heal you of your leprosy you never find jesus rebuking somebody for trusting him too much he never asks the question what were you thinking believing that i could do something about it but here he says why did you doubt why did you doubt now to be honest i could give you a few reasons why peter might have doubted number one they'd been out there all night long Number two, they are seasoned fishermen, and the storm was so bad they had never seen anything like this. Not to mention the fact that Peter had zero water walking experience. So he didn't, can you tell me what to expect when you're walking on the water and a wave comes up? What happens? The wave, do you, you're on top of the water. So, do you maintain your, your altitude there as the water rises? Does the, does, the, does the wave crash over you? Or do you rise with the water? What happens there? Do you go vertical, you know, like with the wave? Well, what happens there? Peter didn't know. I don't know. You don't know. But it didn't matter because Jesus was there. But I'm, I'm simply saying there's a long list of reasons why Peter should have doubted. And yet Jesus says, wherefore did you doubt? Because with all of these reasons, and don't forget, even now the storm is still raging, the storm is still going on. And Jesus, as they're getting back into the boat, puts his arm on Peter's shoulder, I'm sure, and says, hey man, a little faith, why'd you doubt? Why did you doubt? 
as I grow older, not only in my own life, but in my, in my faith, in my walk with the Lord, he teaches me day in and day out. And he's teaching you, if you're walking with the Lord, he's teaching you that if you are living in his will, if you are pursuing his purpose, if you are obeying his word, he's going to take care of you. It's going to turn out the way it's supposed to. That may be where I'm at right now in my life. As I look at my personal life, as I look at my family, as I look at our country. That may be the best way to summarize what God is teaching me right now. It is going to turn out the way it is supposed to. Keep your eyes on me. It is going to turn out the way it's supposed to. What's going to happen with my health crisis? It is going to turn out. If you're living according to God's purpose, if you're in the middle of his will, if you're obeying his word. Now, if you're doing your own thing and just trying to sprinkle a little Jesus on there, the Bible really doesn't have a lot of promises for you. This scenario is for the person who is pursuing God's purpose, living in his will, obeying his word. Now, you're not perfect. You're going to fail. But in general, that's where you're living. I'm pursuing God's purpose. I'm living in his will. I'm obeying his word. That is what my life is about. But let, me, let me just say, this, this, this self-centered Christianity that is extremely popular in America right now, where I'm going to do my thing and, and, uh, and this word freedom, you know, I'm free. Free to what? Can you, can you fill in the blank there? Because there's more to spiritual liberty than just I'm free. It doesn't mean free to sin. You don't think it means free to sin. Does it mean free to do whatever you want? Does it mean free to live whatever? Or does it mean, yes, it does, Galatians says, what it does mean is that you have been set free by Jesus Christ to serve the Lord by choice and not by force. That is precisely what it means. But we're being told that it means I'm saved and grace means I can do what I want, baby. If you're living a do-what-you-want Christian lifestyle, the promises like Romans 8.28 that you may consider precious, they're not for you. Say, how dare you? How dare God? You read the context. To them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. Not yours, his. I say to you, and I didn't mean to use this as a rebuke because I think, I think you're the majority of folks here, if not all of us, are in that place where I, I want God's purpose. I'm yielded to his will. I'm striving to obey his word. Are you perfect? No. Are all your philosophies perfect? No, neither are mine. And that's what growth is. God's fine-tuning our doctrine. He's fine-tuning our, our belief in him. He's, he's getting our, our worldview to line up perfectly with Jesus Christ so that when we see him, we are just like him. That's the process of sanctification. And that's, that's God's purpose, by the way. If you're living in that place where God is making you 
what he wants you to become and taking you where he wants you to go. And you're right in there saying, God, I'm not perfect and I'm, I'm, I'm trying, but I fail a lot. And I, yeah, I have good days, but I also have bad days. Yes, I have victories, but I also have defeats. I have successes, but I also have failures. But I'm striving to stay right there where you can shape me, where you can build me, where you can grow me. And I'm striving to live according to your purpose. And I'm striving to be right in the middle of your will. And I'm striving to lead a yielded, obedient Christian life. Then you are right where Peter was. Peter wouldn't have been in that place doing what he was doing. Had it not been that he was following the will of the Lord. He was, by the way, the next day they were going to ride, wind up on the other side of the Sea of Galilee and they were going to go win a man to Christ and see an absolutely life-transforming miracle take place. Why? Because they were where they were supposed to be doing what they were supposed to be doing. It was an intense lifestyle, but it's where they were supposed to be. And if that's where you choose to live, and many of you have, Living according to God's purpose, in the will of God, striving to obey his word. He says, yeah, the storms will come, but you have no reason to doubt. The next time you face a storm and the wave's about to hit, maybe a money wave that's about to hit, you say, I don't think we're going to survive this one. And the storm passes, and guess what? You made it. Or a health crisis. And you say, oh, I don't think this is going to be the one. And Jesus reaches out and catches you. You didn't sink. Oh, you say, oh, no, I can't. I'm so discouraged. This is so, oh, man, I don't, this is the one that I'm not going to, I'm not going to live to tell about this one. And maybe you do sink a little bit, but you call unto God for help. Oh, God, help me! Stop and ask yourself the question, why did I doubt? Hear the Spirit of God asking you, why did you doubt? Why did you think you were going down? Why did you think that the Savior who called you out here, it's the Savior who's got you out here in the middle of the storm, It's the Savior who's got you living this crazy life. It's the Savior who's got you walking on. He's the one that said, yeah, come on out. Why did you think he brought you out here, invited you to leave the ship, and then he was going to let that little wave take you out? Why did you doubt? Jesus asks you, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt that I will take care of you? Why do you doubt that I will see you through? Why do you doubt? You know, there's a whole lot of of Americans, saved and unsaved, that feel like whatever's going to happen in November, this one's going to take us out. What if Mrs. Clinton gets into office and she appoints a Supreme Court justice? I mean... That I've heard by everybody. 
well, not, not on their side, but I've heard everybody on any kind of a conservative side, anybody on any kind of a constitutional side says, if she gets to make a Supreme Court appointment, that's it. The dream is over. What are they saying? There's a wall of water that's going to take us out. This one's going to take us out. And I say to you, and I say to me, don't take your eyes off of the Savior. Why do we doubt? Why do we doubt? We give you reasons, even though Peter did have all kinds of reasons that he could have listed why he could have doubted. His reasons to believe. I don't know any better way to say this, but his reasons to believe trumped all of his reasons to doubt. I hope I hope we haven't had another good word ruined there. But anyway, um, trumped all of the all of the reasons to doubt. The first reason that Peter had to believe and not to doubt is that Jesus was mightier than the water or the storm. That's the whole thing that Jesus was there to teach all the disciples. I've I've got the storm beat. God has your storm beat. He's mightier than the storm. He's mightier than the wind. He's mightier. He's conquered the water. He's walking on the water. Why do you doubt? Another reason that Peter had to believe and not to doubt is that Peter was in the middle of Jesus' will. He was doing what Jesus had told him to do. Now, look, there's a lot of questions you could. Had they gone to the ship as quickly as they should have? You could make the case that they didn't because they left before 6 p.m. We know that from the story. And they were at 3 o'clock in the morning in the middle of the sea. So they might have stopped off somewhere for, you know, maybe they didn't like the, the meal that Jesus served the 5,000. So maybe they went through the drive through on their way to the ship and maybe they got bogged. You ever been sent on an assignment and you stopped and you took a little longer than you should have? No? Okay, well, I have, you know, and, and uh, you know, and then the boss, cell phones, man. But, but you know, uh, where are you? You were supposed to be. Oh, where are we are? Uh, traffic, <laughs> traffic, terrible traffic, uh, whatever. But so it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and they're now in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. They might have stopped somewhere on the way to the ship. Um, did they do everything as, as uh, sailors that they should have? Was, I mean, was their course exactly what it should have been? Did they, did they uh, put the, and, and I'm not going to use all the right words here, but uh, did they put the sail up exactly when they should have and taken it down and moved it exactly as they should have? And uh, did they do it exactly as they should have? Did they follow everything that you're supposed to do? Listen, that wasn't a factor. Stop beating yourself up because you think you didn't cross every T of your Christianity and dot every... Listen, I believe strive for, 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 for perfection. Jesus said, be ye holy as I'm holy. He said in the Sermon on the Mount, be ye therefore perfect. We're supposed to strive for excellence. But we are all going to fail. We all do fail. Don't beat yourself up when you fail. Jesus didn't say to but you know why you sank? It's because you guys took a little long getting out here. No, that was not a factor. Whatever their, their successes or failures were, they were where they were supposed to be. 
I'm speaking now to the Christians who are striving to live according to God's will, but you fail. You had failures. If God could put a, a uh, radar or a, an x-ray, that's what I wanted, on all of our hearts right now, a spiritual x-ray, we'd all display things that we'd be ashamed of from this very week. Oh, Lord, don't show them Wednesday. <laughs> Lord, please, not can we, don't show them Tuesday. We'd all have things that we wouldn't want one another to see. But when it comes to the storms of life, those are not the things that are going to sink us. Not if you're living according to God's purpose. So Peter had reason to believe because Jesus was mightier than the storm. He was right in the middle of Jesus' will. And in those particular actions, he was acting in obedience to the words of Jesus. Now, this is why it's so important to be in God's Word every day. And I don't just, I'm not just talking about reading your Bible and making check marks. I'm not against that. If that's what you do, that's fine. But take it further than that. Jesus said, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you. If we did have that spiritual x ray, and it would put up to my heart as well, and my mind and my heart, what scripture any time this week? or even, should I say, every day this week, what scriptures were going through your mind? Like those, you know those, I don't know what they call them, those red signs with the little dot words. That You know, everything's so extremely, you know, modern now that only us older folks should remember this. But, you know, they, they got the little messages, the crawlers. The, you know, I remember they used to have them at the DMV with the news headlines. We thought, wow, that's so modern. And, uh, you know, the, the, that would go across the thing, you know, uh, President Carter said, whatever, you know. Uh, but crawlers, that's probably the word I want. What scripture went across your mind and your heart this week as a constant crawler? Do you have any Bible verses that are so set in your mind and heart that you could have a constant crawler across your mind, across your, across your heart? I tell you what, if you do, yeah, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fail, you're going to have bad days, but that crawler is going to keep you in a good place. And if you've got... Those words of God, ye abide in me and my words abide in you. The storms are going to come, but you're going to survive the storm. I ask you again, and I realize this was not the award-winning prize sermon, but the truth has been on my heart all week. Why did you doubt? Why did you think, especially after a storm, how many times have I come up to storms? I'm talking about storms that kept me on my knees before God saying, oh, God, why did you forget me? Why are you letting this happen? Oh, God, please. And after the storm, the Spirit of God says, why did you doubt? Why did you think that you were going to crash on this one? Why do you doubt? Could you testify? Why? Let me close with this thought. We're way early. I'll close with this thought. I think our minds operate on why should I believe? 
when Jesus is saying, why should you believe? I've given you a whole world, a whole book full of reasons why you should believe. Let me ask you, why should you doubt? So we say to God, why should I believe? God says to us, no, why should you doubt? Why should I believe that you're going to do this? God says, why should you doubt? Why should I believe that you're going to protect me? Why should you doubt that I'm going to protect you? Why should I believe that you're going to provide? Why should you doubt that I'm going to provide? Why should you doubt? Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning to take you at your word, trust you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Pass through the fire, I'll be with you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Why in the world do we doubt? I pray that you'd help us today to switch over from why should I believe? Why should I trust God? Why should I trust God that everything's going to be okay? I pray that you'd help us to switch over to why should I doubt that everything's going to be all right, that God's going to take me through. Let's stand together this morning.